Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 42 of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Wednesday evening. I certainly am. Uh, This is my short week, so now that I'm back on my regular schedule, I don't have to work so much, and I really appreciate it. And some of that is due to you guys now supporting the show, so thank you so much for doing that. Let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And of course, TopLobster.com, my homie, my friend, my partner on Break the Cycle. Uh, For all of your wonderful graphic needs, you can get this awesome, it didn't have to be this way, Ron Paul hoodie that I'm wearing today, or we just released an exclusive Break the Cycle shirt uh, that is actually me with that same saying, uh, because if you have been following what is going on in the Libertarian Party over the last couple days, you will understand the the shirt and why we put it out. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount, and anthemplanning.com, wonderful people, executive producers of the show. They will do all of your emergency crisis, uh, emergency and crisis planning needs. Please check them out. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I am sure they can do a better job for your business than the government. Uh, anyways, today's guys, we got an awesome show today. I'm super, super stoked uh, for this one. He's one of my favorite Liberty dudes in the movement. He is the host of the Brian Nichols show. He is the nicest guy, I believe, in the Liberty movement. His name is Brian Nichols. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Josh Smith, thank you so much for that kind intro, and thank you for all you're doing, my man. You have been absolutely pumping out content left and right. You're getting like all the movers and shakers, and I, I dare say talking about all these top-of-mind issues that people really care about. Keep it up, man. You're killing it. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, I talk a lot about this stuff, but I, I, I was afforded some luxuries from my work in the movement over the last four years. I, I got to meet a lot of really cool people, you know, yourself included. I think you were one of the first podcasts that really, like one of the bigger podcasts that actually brought me on. Uh, I don't know if his last cycle or cycle, it was probably the 2017, yeah. 2018. Somewhere in there, yeah. It was a long time ago. So you were definitely one of the first big podcasts that I was like, wow, this guy wants me on a show. All right, that's going to be cool, you know. Um, but I think, you know, as far as our time in the movement i've got to watch you over the last four years you've got to watch me over the last four years but all of my watching you has been on your show and uh i don't really know much about the man behind the show as far as your journey to the liberty movement and how you became who you are today so why don't you let my guests know uh what brought you here absolutely well josh thank you for that and um i guess my my liberty story uh, like most, starts with me starting to ask some some questions and, and the things I was seeing around me, realizing that the narratives that were set forth as just this is this is common sense stuff. All of a sudden, you start to get more lived experiences and you start to interact with more people and you start to ask more questions. Um, and as a sales guy, you know, for my day job now, I look back and it's kind of funny. Um, I think that's inherently in every sales professional is this kind of inherent curiosity. And and part of that was uh, much like all the other Liberty folks out there, especially from the, uh, I'd say the 2000s forward, it was 2008 hearing Ron Paul on a debate stage versus, and at this point in time, it was the likes of you know Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, um, post 9-11, and, and standing strong on a very unpopular position being that they came over here and attacked us on 9-11 because we've been over there. And I grew up in a GOP household, and hearing that, it was like, ooh, what? (laughs) 
and, and it, it did make me say, that's interesting. I want to learn more. But at that point in time, I, mean, I didn't really have that kind of desire, I guess, to dig. And that's kind of on me. But then fast forward to 2012 and after, you know, watching, I wasn't really super politically active in terms of like a, a I was more in the party politics mentality. I, I was in the team mentality. I didn't really know much about the policy, about the principles. And then I discovered, ironically enough, post-2012 was was Rand Paul. And and I was like, wait a minute, this guy sounds familiar. And then I put two and two together that this guy was the guy from 2008's son. And I said, okay, maybe I should start to pay more attention to these Paul guys. So I started the, the inevitable rabbit hole digging and just YouTube video after YouTube video uh, leading me to learning about Milton Friedman, which led me to learning about Murray Rothbard and, and Mises and Hayek. And, and all of a sudden, this brand new world had just opened up before me. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of what I believe. And then I read a book called Don't Hurt People and Don't Take People's Stuff by uh, libertarian uh, Matt Kibbe. Uh, and it's called The Libertarian Manifesto. And it's a fantastic read. Uh, and it digs into more of the very basic fundamental beliefs of libertarianism. But he tells it through um, you know, going back and forth and relating it to his favorite band, Rush. Um, and their their 21, I think it was their 2112 album. So um, that kind of kicked off my my liberty, I guess, my liberty journey. Um, and then into the greater liberty world, uh, Austin Peterson um, gave me the opportunity to write over at the Libertarian Republic. So started there back in 2015, 2016. Um, I've been writing there and, and as an associate editor now for, oh my goodness, going on six years or so. And then with that engagement, I was able to uh, interact with Chris Spangle over at the We Are Libertarians Network, and he had me on the show as a guest a few times. And then 2018, the network was changing some, and he was growing the network, and he wanted to give different people opportunities to have their own shows. And, and he said, Brian, you know, with me doing this, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, a thousand percent, yes. Um, I did radio back in college, and I loved the medium. So I, I said, you know, hey, yeah. I'd be honored to give me a shot. Thank you so much. So starting in January 2018, the Brian Nichols show was born. And that was kind of the um, the launch more, I'd say, into my my greater uh, step into the, the libertarian media world um, and being able to to meet awesome people across so many different you know ways of life. I, people I never thought that I would be speaking to, you know, reading Matt Kibbe's book when I was becoming a baby libertarian and then having him on my show. And then being on his show, fast forward to 2020, it was it was very surreal to see kind of that progression as I've been able to have these conversations with such amazing people and, and to really focus on, and I teased this earlier, about issues people care about. That's been, I think, where we have missed the ball way too often as a greater movement because we have a lot of stuff that we've read and a lot of stuff that we're passionate about, and we want everybody else to be just as passionate about the stuff that we're passionate about and to care about the stuff that we care about. But as a sales executive, one of the things that I teach my team uh, when I'm you know, going out and doing my sales trainings is we have to meet people where they're at. You have to meet people in, in entering into the conversations that they're already having. You, you don't want to come in and just you know start talking you know about something that's completely out of left field that it's not in their purview because you're you're just going to be white noise at that point. So focus on issues people are, are caring about, things that are in their daily lives. And, and what has it been the past few years, man? Lockdowns, right? That's been top of mind. Economy, healthcare. So let's focus on you know the the two three issues that are important, but also. For those local candidates, focusing on issues specific to their areas. So I've been having candidates on my show 
talking about what specific uh, you know issues they're fo uh, focusing on when they're running for office, how we can use a sales-based uh, based approach to help sell solutions to uh, the voters when they're going out and meeting face-to-face, -face, and also talking about what works. Um, so that's kind of uh, you know been the approach I've taken here at the Liberty World. It's been a wild ride. I never thought that I would be in a position where you know I'm, I'm having conversations with you know folks that were running for president or folks who you know, were sitting congressmen. But I mean, here we are. It's it's been a heck of a, a journey. But I know just like you, we're just getting started. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally get that feeling. The Matt Ki the Matt Kibbe effect. I get that same feeling with <laughs> with uh, yeah. with Ron Paul. You know, I I came into this movement working on Ron Paul's campaign in 2008. And last year, Ron Paul endorsed me for chairman of the third largest political party in the country. It was wild, wild ride, How man. About that? So, so I totally, <laughs> about that? I get the from there to here uh, uh, sentiment. Absolutely, you bring up uh, the We Are Libertarians network and and Chris Spangle and, um, you know, Chris and I have had our back and forth. But I actually, I actually uh, got to come on your show recently and say that you know I appreciate the work that Chris does and hopefully buried that hatchet a little bit. And I think you know he kind of came to me and was like you know I appreciate what you're doing and you see I see the growth and stuff like that. But, um. You know, it can get really factional in the Libertarian Party. That's and that's the moderate position. It can get really factional, uh, and very it, very mildly put it there. Yeah, gosh. and I yeah I know, and I think I think that um you know over the last couple of years maybe I had even at some point you know um, wrongly put you into certain boxes because you are one of these people who is all about using liberty at every level. Um. You're not one of the. You are a libertarian, and and you're. Are you a libertarian party member? I think I still am. Technically, I'm not sure if my membership renewed. I, sure. I hope so. <laughs> but you're also uh, totally fine with liberty Republicans, and, yeah. and and any type of other liberty. You're fine with anarchists and all that stuff. So you really are one of those kind of unity guys. And we were talking about it before the show started. Um, you know, we have this debacle going on in New Hampshire right now, and again, that's probably the moderate. Uh, term for what's going on in New Hampshire right now. Uh, and today we had Justin Amash, Spike Cohen, and Dave Smith all come out in favor of the the right the rightful affiliate in New Hampshire. Would you say that that is uh, actually liber libertarian unity or liberty? A thousand unity? percent. A thousand percent. I mean, and, and it comes down to focusing on when, when we identify that there is a universal miss 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 uh not misdeed but just a universal wrong right that needs to be righted then i think that right there since you're seeing to your point all kind of factions coming together at this one point saying something doesn't smell right then yeah i mean what better way to say liberty unity i guess than that sure sure so as somebody who's like you know you're not in a leadership position for the libertarian party right you don't really work as a libertarian party, uh, right. you know, whatever, uh, uh, volunteer or whatever the hell it is that we do. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> Where's my Coke bucks yet, by the way? Yeah, I haven't yeah. gotten those yet. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been looking at the, the refreshing the bank account. It's just nothing, nothing's popping up yet. Yeah, constantly constantly waiting for mine too. Trust me, man. I, I, I work my ass off and I haven't seen a single Coke dollar yet. I don't know what's all. I've seen a lot of Coke dollars, but not a lot of Coke brother money, right? And, uh, <laughs> So, so I mean, what is your take on what's going on inside the party right now as far as, you know, as somebody who's, you know, close but not really involved? No, yeah, no. So here's, I think, and I think actually you and I spoke about this. I don't think it was our last conversation, but maybe two back when we lost our buddy there, uh, Teddy. Teddy. 
Yeah, that's right. I hope he's doing okay, by the way. I heard rumor he's doing good. Me so too. fingers crossed. But um, yeah, going back to that conversation, it was little fish and little pond syndrome. You're seeing that there has been, especially over the past year, and it's actually funny, I just kind of explained this conversation to one of my coworkers because they were they they had said they they had saw something on Twitter and they were like, What? And I was like, Oh, here we go. Time out. We're gonna have a whole conversation. But this has been growing over the past year two years, as you've seen more and more of the old guard lose control, there has been a growing resentment towards the new uh, the new voices. And, and I think that is a natural uh, instinctual reaction when you see a position of power being threatened. Um, and, and, and I can't necessarily blame the old guard because when you look at in, in the business world, right? You want to see competition because it does inspire either A, you do better, or B, you do something new. Um, and in this case, there have been structures put in place that have actually uh, incentivized the opposite. It, it's actually pushed us to uh, foster this almost monopolistic control of old guard libertarians on their positions of power. And I think it means something to them. And I don't want to con be condescending. But we see a lot of libertarians who have put so much stake into I am my county's secretary LP chair. Great. That's great. What are you doing with it? Are you helping elect local libertarians? Are you helping get people on board with the ideas of liberty beyond your echo chambers? What are we actually doing? What can we look for some KPIs and say that we've had some success? And that's where I've seen and I came into the movement asking these questions and quite frankly, Josh, not getting any good answers. <laughs> I'm getting, well, you know, we have ballot access issues. Well, you know, we're facing um, we're facing being blacked out in the polls. Well, you know, and for every question, for every every probing you know question of why we were were not going past the status quo, there was always an excuse. And I got to the point, I'm just I'm tired of excuses. People want to win. And they want to feel that they have a chance to take their ideas and move them beyond this kind of thought experiment, right? We can have 10, you know, 11,000 conversations in our group chats about how we can make Libertopia work. There comes a point, though, where we have to stop being like our Marxist friends and just living in an imaginary world and actually put rubber to road and start making things happen. And that requires us to actually get out of our own way sometimes and to get uncomfortable. And that means meeting people who are not libertarians and actually, number one, meeting where they are, uh, they're at and helping find problems in their surrounding areas that we can address with libertarian solutions and show them that we're not just the people who are going to talk a big game online, but rather can actually go ahead and solve real problems right now. And I think as we've seen a growing majority of the party starting to embrace more of this mentality of getting things done instead of just holding back and having our party positions and embracing this idea of libertarian purity based on the confines of a few people's decision making. I, I don't think that that's really a, a libertarian approach to anything. And we're seeing that kind of manifest really in New Hampshire, Josh. Um, you're seeing a, a dying breath of the old establishment way of doing things. And and I'm personal friends with Joe. 
Um, and I'm not trying to, to go after Joe here, but like when you look at what happened in New Hampshire, you can't help but just shake your head and, and say you see unforced error after unforced error. And in a situation where it would have been smart to just sit back and let New Hampshire deal with New Hampshire, which to my, I guess my uh, it, uh, understanding, it was being taken care of. We were seeing a change in the way that the, the conversations were going to be taking place through social media. So it was already changing. And then to see just a unilateral decision like that from the, uh, an executive member and then to have it just basically agreed to and without question signed off by the Libertarian Party chair. I mean, yeah, that's a red flag. You can't just do that. Um, so I, I say all that because it's been tough. And, you know, to see Justin, to see Spike and to see Dave come out and with their statements as, as you know strongly as they did, I, I think, yeah, to your point earlier, that speaks to it's time that we stop we stop focusing on the old arguments, the old ways of doing things, the status quo. There's bigger fish to fry, right? Um, we do have kids who are being killed by bombs still. We do have real problems that are impacting real people right now that libertarian solutions can help solve. But when you have a party with people in leadership positions or people in delegate positions who quite literally think that the other group of people are toxic individuals and they call them all sorts of terrible names, I mean, that's going to instantly lead to a lot of resentment and a lot of red flags there alone. So that's why you're seeing, I think, this kind of last ditch effort to hold off this, this I, I would say at this point, inevitable rise of more and more people who are tired of the way things have been done, which as a sales guy, Josh, is so exciting because the biggest enemy of us getting things done is the status quo. Once we can actually buck the status quo, we can get so many libertarians into elected office. We can get so many people to embrace the ideas of liberty without even realizing it because they're just going to start living libertarian ways of, of life in their daily lives and see the value firsthand. And that's when we win. That's when we have long lasting success. It's not getting them to say, oh, you know what? I like this book from Murray Rothbard. That'd be great. But I mean, how many people are we actually going to get to do that, right? But how many people can we get to win on the ideas of school choice? How many people can we get to win on the ideas of, of let, not maybe reducing taxes, eliminating certain taxes, right? Let's start there. Let's have that conversation. Let's get people excited and show them we can do it. And that's when we'll, we'll actually get some things done, man. Sure, sure. I agree. Absolutely. So you talk a little bit about being a salesman. And I, I when I was uh, – uh, doing the marketing for this show we'll say when i was announcing the show on other past shows I, I said that you're you're a marketing liberty kind of guy i mean that's who you are that's yep. you, you put a big emphasis on that on your show both times i've been on the show it was how are you going to sell liberty you know what i mean uh yeah. well one time it was we were gonna we were gonna have a nice debate with our friend teddy from online but he uh i guess the feds got to his internet connection so we had a really good conversation you and i we did I think that was that was the thanks that was the Thanksgiving. It was what trip. we were thankful for. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I did. I got to spend talk. thanks. I got to spend Thanksgiving with Brian Nichols. It was a good time. Uh, there you go. So, but you do several shows. I mean, you're not you're not like a one show a week kind of guy, right? And one of those kind of delves into business aspect of things. Can you talk a little more about that and what you guys are doing yeah, there? For sure. So uh, right now, um, and and you guys are probably very familiar with Jeremy Todd. Um, Jeremy's been doing a lot with the Liberty Unity um, movement. So Jeremy and I have been doing a oh, bi-weekly. Brian, I don't want to cut you off, but uh, yep. I just want to make it clear also that Jeremy Todd just announced that he's running for LNC at large. Yes. So big shoes to fill there, buddy. Yes. Big shoes to fill there. 
I know, and he, ha he has my full throat endorsement, by the way. Jeremy is an amazing dude, and we've been doing this bi-weekly sales um, conversation where we're looking at how we can help sell Liberty, actually take these ideas that we talk about all day long and the, the solutions that we can bring to the table to the normies, right? And we can enter into conversations they're already having and help sell Liberty. And then on those other weeks, uh, the other Mondays, I am uh, having conversations with, he is a marketing professor and a music uh, industry uh, marketing guru, Chris Goizetta. And uh, we're talking about how we can find our target market, how we can not only find them, but figure out those people who are interested in what we have and are actually gonna make buying decisions. They're gonna go ahead and make those buying uh, behaviors. So uh, figuring out who they are, how to get top of mind, how to stay top of mind, and then how we can get sales and marketing to merge together and become BFFs because they quite literally go hand in hand. You need to have a great marketing funnel in order to have a great sales funnel, but in order to help support your marketing funnel financially, you gotta have a great sales funnel in order to support that. So they go hand in hand, and that's why um, for my Patreon subscribers, we're gonna be doing a, a conversation between the three of us where we're talking about the value of adding sales and marketing in certain perspectives. So we've been taking certain issues, certain topics, um, how to overcome objections, focusing on top of mind issues, and actually, one of the things we've been focusing on as well has been a new ebook I wrote. It was four easy steps you can take to sell liberty to friends and family. Um, it was it's a free ebook, by the way. So if folks are interested, it's BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook. Um, and it's it's like nine pages, and it's it's very easy. It's very um, succinct, and it's something that anybody can do. Whether you're at the office, you know, you want to talk to a coworker. You're at Thanksgiving dinner, like you know, we we talked about Thanksgiving, right? Or you're at a barbecue. I know, okay, maybe more more seasonal. You're at a barbecue, and you're just talking to an average person, your your your, your uncle. You want to go out and have a, a you know nice dialogue, right? But you you know that your uncle's right there. He's on the edge of becoming a libertarian. Figure out how to ask the right questions. Figure out how to pique interest. How to overcome certain objections, and then how to solve any problems and offer real tangible solutions. So that's when people see the value, and that's what. I've really wanted to make sure that my show has taken an overt approach in doing because when we actually can sell Liberty, not this used car salesman approach to use, uh, selling Liberty, but actually being problem solvers, right? Being that trusted advisor, meeting people where they're at, that's when we're going to have more long lasting success, not these ebbs and flows that doesn't have any you know, you know, know, long-term base of business that we built up. Every, every sales professional and business owner knows that it is... 10 times harder to, to get a new customer than it is to keep an existing customer. And yet we got a vote total in 2016 that was the most libertarians have ever got. And we dropped what, three or 4 million of that vote total the next year? As a sales guy, I'm going, whoo, big red flag. What happened there? We need to be asking those questions. I'm not really seeing those questions currently being addressed. And and we if we wanna see this party take that next step, it requires us to, to be professional, to put people who are professionals in positions like Jeremy, right? Put him in Reno, right? And get him in office because we need people like him in positions in the LNC who are gonna be actually bringing real life sales experience, real life business experience that we know works, we see works. And, and let's let's bring it to the Liberty, Liberty Movement. Let's make the Liberty Movement, the the as my, my good friend Chris Goizeta says, 
let's make it the uh, the the punk rock you know of of politics right let's let's go that alt rock approach to getting on people's minds let's be the AJR or the fits and the tantrums of of politics and and get a massive audience look at the Grateful Dead look at Coldplay how they were able to build these audiences all by like just guerrilla marketing we can do that and we have the the tools I mean dude did you watch uh, Trevor Noah when the pandemic hit trying to do a show at home? That was horrible. Look at you right now. Horrible. Your setup is a thousand times better than his budget's what? Probably in the A lot millions? more than mine. A lot <laughs> more than mine. <laughs> but we were able to do it better, and we were able to adapt, and guess what? They fucking hated us for it because we had to make them better. And that's why they want to squash us. That's why they hate us. And that's why it's important for us to really focus on liberty unity and focus on putting good people in, in positions that are going to be able to help move us forward. Leaders have to lead, um, but it also requires us to surround the movement with good people. And I'll finish my little rant with this. Good people bring out the good in people. I have been humbled to have an amazing team um, that I have been working with at the Brian Nichols show behind the scenes. Um, and they make me better. They, they help you know, in, in me improve my show, um, improve the quality that I'm able to, to promote, the value I'm able to give to my, my audience. So think about that when we're trying to bring people into the movement too. Focus on good, normal people that you see around you in your average everyday life that you can just go talk to. Talk to a normal person because at the end of the day, it's the normal people who are empathetic and understanding and open to that message of liberty. Sure, absolutely. I caught that used car salesman joke, by the way. Other people may yeah. not have, but I you did. Liked that? I did. You I like that. I did. I like that. That was a good. One. That was almost as that was almost as subtle as my my uh, my public comment last night on on the uh, LNC call <laughs> when I was like, uh, I didn't write anything out like all the stellar speakers before me, but uh, um, <laughs> I caught that one. I know you did. Only a very few, very few people caught my dig at the guy before me that was like scripted out and yelling and screaming about me, and I'm going, what the hell? What's this guy? I don't even know who this guy is. I don't even know who you are, man. Uh, but People so, are mad, dude. Oh, they're so mad. and It's so emotional, and it's like, I wish everyone could step back and understand what the LNC is going through. Like, we, we were asked, I mean, we were asked, basically, to disaffiliate the rightful affiliate of a state party. Like, you guys don't, they don't understand that that's what we're being asked to do. And we can't, like, we... We can't just step out of that now. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I can't help but shake my head because it's just like ugh. you saying it as plainly as you are. Yeah. Like, come on. What like, are we doing? Yeah. Like, we can't. I can't. People are like, oh, we need an independent investigation. It's out of the purview of the of the, the Libertarian National Committee. It's like, you don't understand. Our chair already got involved. And we have another uh, chair who's gone rogue that's asking us personally to disaffiliate an affiliate that was the rightful affiliate since the inception of their affiliate, you know, and it's like, I don't, I don't understand how people don't under, don't see that and understand it. But anyways, you were the voice, man. I mean, you were the voice for, for the longest time. Brown nickel show was the voice. I was actually really, uh, it was pretty kind of cool to see pictures of you recently where I got to find out that you're actually a bigger man than I am, which is, uh, <laughs> which is not something that I'm used to. I'm a big guy for people that don't know. I'm like, you know, six, two and a half, 230 to 240 pounds, depending on what week it is. Brian Nichols is much, it's taller than me and bigger than me. So I was, I was surprised, but you have recently decided to start doing video shows, man. What was, yes. what was, what was it that, that led you to that? 
at the end of the day, um, I'm already doing the face-to-face conversations with all these people um, when I'm going out and having the conversations for the show. And and Chris Goizetta, when I had him uh, on the show as a guest, we finished up the show, and I'm like, hey, do you want to do something for the show like to help me market? And he's like, absolutely. So we have a call, and we're going through the call, and he's like, so video. I was like, so video. And he goes, why aren't you doing it yet? And I was like, uh, I don't really have a, a studio. Like I, this is, I'm, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm in a, an apartment. Like I, I, I'm in a row home in Philadelphia. Like how? He's like, well, I mean, you're already recording. And honestly, at the end of the day, like just having the video content, it will just add more to the show because there's people out there who they just, they like video more than they like audio. And I was like, well, I guess that's a good point. So I ended up, um, I invested in a, a camera um, some you know lighting from Amazon and made my office look look decent and and I decided to launch the uh, the video medium but you know what honestly I found I get a lot of value out of it too because it's it's helped me become better at the audio version I, or the audio medium I have to not only focus on what I'm saying but also what I'm doing now and and it's something that I, it's it's made me have to be I guess more more with my interviews, which has helped make me more focused. And I actually find I'm I'm hearing a lot of things that maybe I wasn't necessarily hearing before. Maybe I was hearing, I just wasn't really, it wasn't processing when I was hearing certain topics or certain conversations that where we were going and, and areas that we could possibly bring it. And now I'm, I'm more engrossed in the conversations than I was before. So it's been a win-win, man. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think I could do, so like when I was doing the audio only podcast in the beginning, I, I did like four episodes. Yeah. It was just me. And it was a lot. And it was very scripted. Very scripted. I mean, I scripted it the whole thing out. And it was easy because I didn't have to focus on anybody else. If I had just done audio, like there's no you know what I mean? Like I'm a, such a social a person that as I'd be like talking to the to like a screen and just like, you know, wouldn't have a yep. shirt on or any of that. And that's another that's another positive. Yeah, you have to wear a shirt, Ryan, you know, when you do your interviews. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, man. <laughs> Well, you know, when I saw Spike too, um, I, I, I gotta say, I, I was a lot bigger than I think he thought I was going to be too. Um, cause I gave him a big bear hug and I he made him disappear for like five. Like, I'm six five. Yeah, he's a, so he's a little a guy. Dude. Yeah. He's a little guy. He he's we a small him, guy. Though. He loves, but he loves hey, listen. If you want to make the, you can do one trick to make the vice presidential candidate from 2020 of the Libertarian National Party love you more than anything. Bring him a package of smoked salmon. That's all, that's all you gotta do. Hey, there well, you go. He, if you got some, if you got some cream cheese and some bagels too, he's gonna love that. He's 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 a very little <laughs> Jewish man who loves his smoked salmon <laughs> so much. You you cannot believe how much he loves his smoked salmon. I, I, every single time I saw Spike at a at a convention around the country, someone was bringing him a package of smoked salmon from like Whole Foods or something. He's like, "Yes, I love running for vice president." But I'll tell you, I only I only I only supported him because he said we we're gonna all have free cheesy bread. Well, as long as it was gluten free, because I have celiac disease and that sucks. Because I miss cheesy bread. And my, I'd be really mad at you guys. My fiance has uh, as celiac is really really bad as well. Uh, I, I'm surprised that you're able to keep that size, man. It well it <laughs> it's um it's early morning. I'm wiping my eyes. And I'm like exhausted because I'm usually I'm up at five in the morning uh, to work out. Um, sure. and then I I mean I I have to eat a lot. But not a lot, I guess. I mean, I eat two meals a day. I eat a big lunch and a big dinner, and I'll have a little bit of a snack between uh, the two. But I mean, I pretty much I'm doing an intermittent fast of some sorts, I guess. Um, 
yeah, I don't know how I do it. I just do. Um, it's weird. Yeah, we, I, you know, every, you know, if you've been following me, you know, I have a eight dependents now. I mean, there's a lot of babies. You're Two, a grandpa. I am a grandpa. Two of our children are still on the boob. Okay. That's that's impressive. Yeah, the, the grandbaby and my 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 youngest son are still on the boob, so that's good. But there's, you know, there's six other people besides them that I that I have to feed every day. And, but but Julia's always got to eat differently because she can't eat bread, she can't eat pasta. It's always got to be gluten-free this, gluten-free that. So I totally get the struggle, man. I know. I am not gluten-free. I love my breads and my pastas and all that shit, man. <laughs> I love it. I, I like gravy with a ton of flour in it. You know what I mean? But I, I had a company treat to Atlantic City last week, and um, all my coworkers were having just delicious smelling breads and, and you know, like deep fried just deliciousness. And I just I, like the the little kid at the candy store, just like staring through the uh, the, the glass at the the lollipop. That was me, pretty much for them eating everything around me. Um, and the worst part is when you go to like a restaurant, and the only appetizer they have, like when you first get there, is a basket of bread. Sure. So for me, I'm just sitting there, and like I've actually had times where I've been so hungry, I've actually contemplated eating the cube stick of butter, and then I realize how gross that is, and I'm like, you can't do that, Brian. Can't do that. Adam Kokesh would Adam Kokesh would do it one hundred percent. Yes, he would. I've seen him. I I, I talked about it with him on, on my show here. Uh I was on his bus for two weeks during my first campaign. And uh we we stopped at a waffle house. This man brought an entire stick of butter from the bus into the waffle house and put the entire stick of butter on one one waffle. Come one. on. One what? waffle. How is that even possible? I was like, Oh my god, this guy, I'm worried for your arteries, buddy. He's like, he's like, maybe the food pyramid lied to us. Okay, it's it's good for you. I promise. I was like, well, oh. they did. I actually just tweeted about that today because I, I somebody had mentioned about uh, government science, like being, you know, it changes. And I was like, I know it changes, but like, could you imagine if they would ever put in like a government program that would actually end up killing more people than they intended based on the science? And it's like, oh, look at the food pyramid yeah. from the like 20 years before. You know, I know when I was growing up, you, you had what was it? The number one thing. Carbs, carbs with like breads, pastas in the bottom, and then the next smallest was like meat and dairy, and then the the second smallest was veggies and fruits. Like, what are we doing? And and oh, lo and behold, it's actually the exact opposite. It's sure. totally inversed. Well, and now and now we know why there's so many you know people uh, that that got this food pyramid 30 years ago that are now in nursing homes with diabetes. Yep. I mean, 100. percent And guess what? The same people who are setting that policy too, like that, the food pyramid is the food pyramid are the same people who are setting the policy for how we should be responding to COVID. Isn't that reassuring? Very, very. And then the people pushing the, the, you know, the V words are the same people that pushed AZT for, uh, HIV that killed a bunch of people. I mean, who do we trust, Brian? I don't know. Well, and, and that, so trust actually is a fundamental aspect in sales. And I've seen this with the whole trust, the science, trust the experts crowd. They just don't get it. And I, and I actually see this a lot with my my engineer-minded friends in the greater liberty world. And I say this more of think, – think of your friend who if you'd be like, hey, what was on page 110 of uh, – I don't know, name name Rothbard book. Uh, you know, They would be able to give you line and verse right, of what's on the page. But your average person, that doesn't really mean anything to them. But when you look at the engineer, that's kind of the mentality that they have as well. It's like – this it just makes sense to me. How does it not make sense to you? And and I think that's where we lose people a lot. D- does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Hey, we got a couple of super chats here. I want to address uh, Almighty Beach. Thank you, Almighty Beach. He's one of the biggest supporters of the show. He said, uh, Bishop Op Henchman has certainly lived up his name. Okay, all right. 
I think Brian's going to sit that one out. I, I, I see what they did there. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was funny. Uh, Quest Fanning. I, I, I can have a good laugh. I, I mean, come on. Yeah, why not? Why not? Life's why not? too short not to have a good laugh. Yeah, I'm really upset with Joe. I mean, I just saw him at the Chicago convention and went up to him and said, you know, we don't we don't see eye to eye fundamentally on how to run the party, but you've been a really good-hearted guy, and I've really appreciated getting to know you better. I mean, his his husband, uh, Ethan, made – yeah, he he knitted he hand knitted us a baby blanket for Mateo and sent a beautiful beautiful letter like with it. It was it literally it almost brought me to tears. I mean, he you know, I just think that he's kind of caught up in this corruption and being Nick Sarwark's pred- you know, you know, predecessor or whatever. It's just it's 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 I, hard to I don't to... know if that's the case. I, I and I'm being 100% sincere here. I don't I don't think that's the case. I gen 1000% honest, okay? I just know from many sparrows that there is a lot of bad blood there. Like on just not in that world, but like in the Sarwark world, he has burned a lot of bridges. And I don't Almost like all the, the all the bridges. All right. The... And I don't like to go ahead and just like talk about Nick. I don't. He's not worth the time, energy, effort. But hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. Like, I think that 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 approach to like, oh, he's been having his fingers and everything. I think a lot of that has been very overblown. I think what's more likely than not is just that we saw Back to my original kind of premise, I think just people are getting uncomfortable that their positions that have been comfortable positions of power are being threatened. And when people get uncomfortable, they get sloppy. And I think that's what happened here sure. more than anything. And they, they, I think it literally was, if I were to go back to my poker analogy, they had a, a shitty hand and they pushed all the chips in the table. And when they put their cards down, they didn't realize to put the cards down face up. And everybody can see they have two twos. And that's it. So that's that's the game I think that we just saw get played. And I I'm not saying it was for nefarious purposes. I just think it was for the fact that people who are have positions of power are trying at all times, whether it's in political parties, whether it's in business, whether it's in government, they are always trying to maintain their power and they usually will do anything to go ahead and maintain it, which is unfortunate. Sure, sure. Yeah, I talked a little bit about that. Uh, Quest Fanning said Brian's weight loss is an inspiration. I'm trying to knock off a couple of dozen pounds. I'd be better. I I'd better be able to do that. Thanks, Quest. He's a great Quest. So Quest is a great dude. Um, he's been like one of those main supporters from the very beginning, and I, I cannot thank him enough. Yeah, I lost like 180 pounds back in the day. I was That's wild, dude. I was a big boy. I was 385. Um, and shit. I originally lost down to like 200. I was just doing cardio all the time, and then I started to do weightlifting. I got up to like a good weight for me, which is around 255, 260, and then I got diagnosed with celiac, and I ended up what. Well, that I wasn't diagnosed with celiac, but I was starting to get like super inflamed and like I was gaining weight. I couldn't figure out why. Sure. Come to find out I had celiac disease and what was happening was my body was was trying to 
prevent like myself like it was an autoimmune response and it was like inflaming and swelling and i had i left like 310 at at my rehabiest if you will um and i had to get back down to like 260 again it was exhausting um because a lot of it was just i was so tired i didn't have the energy because my body was fighting itself so like you go to the gym, you do your normal workout and you'd gain two pounds and you'd be like, what's happening? And it was just because my body was fighting itself. So uh, sure. once I was able to get that under the control, yeah, I was able to get things back to normal. So finally feeling good again. Yeah. Back to around to like my, my, uh, like 255, 265, 270. Sure. That's usually my uh, bulk weight or so. So yeah, feeling good, man. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I, I, I know that that struggle too with, with Julia, she doesn't, she doesn't really get super blown up, but all of her joints will ache. Oh my God. Real bad. It's the worst. Like, and, and what I'll notice too is my, my wrists, my wrists. If I will like turn my hand, it'll like, it'll feel like I have, um, like a drill right in the middle of my, my joints and just, you can feel it grinding. It's, and it's so bizarre because you'd never think like it's bread, but it's just the way that your body responds to it. And it's so bizarre that it makes that happen. <laughs> like sure. my wrists, why? Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I actually, I, uh, inadvertently poisoned her once. Uh, no. yeah. I, <laughs> I, so like, you know, it's you go worst. to the frozen bread aisle where all the gluten-free bread is, you know? And I'm like, all right. You got Ezekiel bread, didn't you? I, yeah. I grabbed the Ezekiel yep. and I was That's like, what I was like it was like sprouted wheat or something. And yep. I was like, yeah, it's cool. Exactly. Perfect. Gluten-free. I made her some toast cause she likes to eat toast, but she has to have gluten-free toast and, and uh, I made her some toast, and she grubbed it down. She goes, you know, that kind of tasted like real toast. Meh, I'll survive. And the next day, she's, like, in bed, like, joints yep. hurting, knees hurting. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I killed my fiancé on accident. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, and isn't it funny? I knew exactly what happened because this happens all the time. Like, I had a coworker, and God bless, like, coworkers who go out on their way to try to do the right thing. She's like, Brian, I made a, a special beat. We had a, a Christmas, um, like, potluck. This is right before COVID. Have you know? I made a, a special beef dish for you, and it's. I made sure it doesn't have gluten. And as she's saying this, she had just opened a, a, a jar of gravy, and she's pouring the gravy in, and I can see in the side of it like the ingredient label, oh, and yeah. like one of the middle ones I could just see was was uh, enriched wheat flour. Yep. And I'm just like, that's that's. It was a thoughtful gesture. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's the thing that 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 Julie probably misses the most is gravy. She's like, I want gravy so bad. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, you know. Like, real like, pizza crust was my my big one. That was like a really good pizza or really good sub. Like, yeah, that's like the thing. A, I can't understand. You live in the. You literally live in like the land of the best sandwiches in the world. And that's, I can't have any of them. That's rough. <laughs> I can't have dude. any of them. That's rough. It, it, that's the worst part. Like, there's so many like. So many good places here in Philly for cheesesteaks, and I I can't have any of them. Yeah, yeah. I went I, when I I went to Philly for the the uh, state convention last year. The the Pennsylvania State Convention was in Philly, and I had never actually been to Philly. And I'm a first of all, I'm a die uh, like diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, so I was afraid That's right. I, was, I was afraid I was going to get shanked. You know, just being in Philly, I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm probably going to get off the plane and immediately get stabbed, like in the terminal. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, no, they're not that you have to go to actually go to the link. Then you'll get stabbed. Sure, yeah, sure. Well, it's yeah. it's funny because like I went to D.C. last year, too, which we hate the Redskins. Right. And so I, sh I showed up to D.C. with my Cowboys hat on and no one said a word to me, but I didn't wear any Cowboys gear to Philly, dude. I was like, this is just not a good idea that I'm pretty sure that I've heard that they, you know, they have a, a, a courtroom in the stadium there. Like, I don't I don't want to go. They do. No, that's a thousand percent true. So it's it's 
a courtroom slash like a, a drunk tank more or less. So if you're being a rowdy fan or if you're, you know, you're, you're caught streaking on the field, that's where they throw you for the rest of the game until you, you can either sober up or you can leave without going to jail more oh. or less. Oh, Philly. God bless you. I did have <laughs> a good time a there. special town. I did, I did have a good time there, and I got to, I got to go to, like, uh, God, what was the name of the place that we had to stay? So so, so my buddy Jeff Douglas from the Mises Caucus, he's, like, the big coordinator. He lives in Philly. And he's like, oh, dude, I'm going to take you to get a, you know, I call him Philly. Like, I'm like, well, you, hey, what's up, cheesesteak? You know, like, that's what I call him. And he's like, I want to take you to get a good, a good Philly, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he took me to this place. Oh, God. Uh, King of Philly or Prince Prince of Philly or something. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, is it, uh, uh, not king of king of pizza. wasn't king of pizza. No, no, it was definitely had no. like Philly or cheesesteak in the in the name, but it was okay. like king or prince or something. But it was like downtown, and it was phenomenal. Like I I thought I had had good cheesesteaks like outside of Philly. Think. It's completely yeah. different. It's completely oh, different. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not even the with, same. Without oh no, it's 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 its own language too. Make sure when you if you ever go to like Pat's and Gino's, which is like the super uh, touristy yeah. one to go to down in the like southern Italian market area, you have to order it in a set a special way. So if you want onions, you say wit. Or if you don't want onions, to say without. Um, and then uh, yeah, you have like options of different types of cheeses, but it has like the whiz um, or like the provolone. They have like you, it's it's wild. It's its own language. Um, it, you have to almost experience it. It's like a cultural thing, honestly. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I remember. I remember that with or without. And then uh, the, I, this is the first time I ever had it with cheese whiz. Was when I was in Philly, and I was like, wow, this is really good. Uh, and then they had those big giant cherry bomb pepper things that are yep. really good too uh but i heard there's a sandwich in philly that's actually the number one sandwich that's better than all the phillies and i i'm trying to remember what's called it's like the uh it's like is it some, the pizza one no it's like a pork some kind of pork sandwich got like broccoli on it or something like that they oh have, okay because because there is a pizza hoagie sandwich is a pizza something steak sandwich and basically it's a pizza with a hoagie with a pizza and you can get it over in like Old City. I know one of my friends had got it once when we were out day drinking one day. It was great. And um, he, he just walked up and he's like, dude, look at this. And I'm like, I can't have a bite of this, but that looks incredible because it literally is – It, I mean it, it's a pizza hoagie pizza. Philly, Philly is like literally just anything that you could put on a, on a, on a sandwich they're going to do. More it. or less. Uh, but I also had tom- a tomato pie, which is not pizza, mm. no. but it's like no. a pizza kind of. I don't know, even know how to explain that to people. It's, it's like pizza lasagna. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like sweet, yeah. and it was like just full of like tomato sauce. It was yeah. so good, though. It was good. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird, though, Yeah. right? And, and then I had like a legit cannoli at the uh, the underground mall thing you guys got there. Which oh, was, Reading Terminal, yep. Yeah, oh, man, that was – I'd never had like a real cannoli before, and that thing was With amazing. The Mennonite, the, like the Mennonite booth, probably. Uh, it was like it was like a sweets and conf- like confectioner. Okay, like, yeah, because because the Mennonite there's like a couple Mennonite booths in the uh, Reading Terminal and they had really really good. So my, I would what I would do is I'd poke the, <laughs> the insides of the cannoli out and then I'd give my wife the the shell so she had <laughs> the gluten part. Nice. I was like I'll, I'll get something out of this. Yeah, right yeah, it might nice, nice. Yeah, why not? You might as well you might as well enjoy the part you of the cannoli try to you find can some eat. Joy in life, man. You can't have the gluten. You gotta find the sweets at least. Absolutely, man. So okay, enough about Philadelphia food. I could okay. I couldn't help myself. I'm Sorry. a foodie guy. That was probably one of the coolest things for me. You know, I went to my four... former fat kid is just like screaming oh, with joy right I, now. I'm a current fat kid, so I get it. You know, but I <laughs> I, uh, I I traveled. You know, I went to 40 states over the last four years, literally. So it was like you have I'll to try. It. You have to try the and I've lost weight. 
since since my even the last you look campaign. Fat, man, you look great. I have. I lost weight. I gained shit the, between the first and second campaign. I think I gained thirty five pounds or forty pounds, man. I was big. no shit. Yeah, it was. I you was look really. Good, man. You look I was good. really unhealthy, dude. I, I, you know, I was stressed out all the time. I and it was like I was eating on the run. You know what I mean? I I was working Monday through Thursday, four tens. Frying out every Friday, flying back every Sunday, working four tens. It was like I didn't have any time to rest. I didn't have any time to take care of myself. I was eating on the go. But the cool thing was that I got to try the regional food everywhere I went. I mean, that was, I mean, how cool is that? You know, I got to have, I got to have barbecue in Nashville and and Nashville hot chicken, and I got to have, you know, and and then every time you saw White Castle, you had to have twenty seven White Castle burgers. You know what I mean? It's just how it works. But uh, specifically twenty seven, yes. Yeah, man. So so you're the, you're the Liberty salesman. That's that's what I'm calling you from now on. That's okay. you, you, I think I think that I think that we really we really dropped the ball by not having Top Lobster draw you as a salesman for this thumbnail. Maybe he can reprint at some point. But <laughs> um, where do you want to see this movement go, man? What 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 do you want to see next? I want to see us win. Um, so how do we do that, right? Uh, I've been doing a lot of market analysis, digging through so much data. Um, now this is just to any sales and marketing professional, one of the most important things to do is to know who your target market is. And and actually, it's funny. Angela McCardle was on the show, ironically enough, to discuss this uh, when she was on the show two, three weeks ago or so. Um, and it was discussing who is the LP's target market. Well, through my digging, here's where I see us having success. Specifically, A, going after Gen Z. B, going after people who were negatively impacted by the lockdowns, and C, sales, executives, and business professionals. I'll go through why for each one really quick. Gen Z. Um, there's a great book I cannot recommend enough. It's called Z Economy uh, by Jason Dorsey. Basically what it does is, uh, and Jason, he's, um, I forget what the official title of what his specific study is, but he studies generations and what makes generations generations. And he just did this book on Gen Z and their impact on the economy. And digging in through this book, one of the things he discusses is who is Gen Z? And, and yes, it is, you know, it's, it's going to be generalizing, but there's truth to the generalizations. And what he mostly focused on was, number one, they are overtly, overtly individualistic. They, they have a sense of identity, and they are proud of that sense of identity, number one. Number two, they believe they can make a difference, and they're looking to make a difference, right? So as a, a free market capitalist, I hear opportunity, which is awesome. So that's why I want Gen Z, because they're folks who we can relate to on that individualistic streak, and we can help them solve the problems that they see in the world, so long as we're actually meeting them on the issues that they see are important and helping give them the tools to get the solutions. So that's one. Talking about COVID, uh, people who were hurt by the COVID lockdowns. I, I don't know about you. I've always found that the best way I have learned is when I didn't realize I was learning. And unfortunately for a lot of people in, in America, uh, specifically, let's talk about for the greater liberty movement, they didn't realize how far their local governments or their state governments would go. And I think a lot of eyes were opened. Uh, especially for, for folks who maybe were more in the, the, the right-leaning camp who were like, my Republican gover governor would never do what they're doing down in, in California. Oh, wait, no, they are. Oh, shit, now what, right? And there are people who lost livelihoods, savings accounts, wiped out, businesses, just doors shut forever. They're looking to make sure that, A, 
this never happens again, and B, that they can make sure that they can rebuild in the future. So those people are entirely open to an a, a, really a brand new way of doing things because they know, number one, that the people, they, that they're incumbent, right? If we're gonna go from a business perspective, they're incumbent, let them down, and they know that the other team, the other, the other provider in this case, right, that they've let them down before too. And they're like, who do I turn to? Here we are. Number three, business professionals. I had a huge epiphany and it kind of, I, I started to do really some digging into some data, but I was there's two sales professionals that I'm a huge fan of. One of them is Jeffrey Ginnimer and the other is Victor Antonio. Jeffrey Ginnimer, I was going through and I was suggesting some sales books to a friend and I was on his website because he wrote a couple of good books, The Sales Bible, Little Red Book of Selling. And I'm going through, and one of his top suggested books, Josh, Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> I go, what? Very capitalistic, I, you know? Uh, well, and then I scroll down, and one of his favorite quotes was an Ayn Rand quote. I'm thinking, hold on. This guy loves Ayn Rand. Fast forward to the next day. I'm in a car listening to Victor Antonio in a podcast, and he was one of the, the chief engineers to building IBM to the just monster that it is sure. today. And he was all of a sudden talking about Ayn Rand on his podcast that he was on and about being overtly pro-capitalist. And I'm like, what is happening? This is a sign, like something like like tea leaves. I, I get it. Like, yes, this is definitely an audience that we should be talking to, not just because they are overtly, you know, overtly in the, the mindset of, you know, they get it. They understand how incentive structures work. They understand how, you know, not hurting people and not taking people's stuff is the right way to live. But I'm starting to realize that a lot of them are already on board with the philosophy, with the mentality. It's just a matter of now activating them, getting them to mobilize and to look at us as a viable option. Because at the end of the day, people want to support winners and they want to know that their vote isn't going to be wasted. I know we hear the whole wasted vote argument, but here's the reality. They want to know that if there's a snowball shot chance in hell to get their policy that is their big policy into action and the red team or blue team can do it, they have they have taken that beating time and again because they think there's still that chance to get it. Now is on us to actually start showing we can do it. And that starts by start winning elections we can actually win, local elections. That's what we're gonna be focusing on actually for the show too um, with Chris and Jeremy is focusing on those local elections and we're gonna be focusing on how we can help win those elections, um, becoming top of mind in your specific community. So that's one thing we're gonna be focusing on. But then when you can start to solve the problems in your immediate community, then you become the trusted advisor and the ideas stick. And it's no longer, oh, it's a libertarian idea. It's, oh, this is the idea that Josh had when he ran for office, for local office. He got into action and it made my life better. That's when we win. Sure, sure, absolutely, man. That's all great stuff. I, I definitely am on the same page with you, especially with the last thing. You know, I... It's funny I'm talking about I'm talking about possibly putting together a congressional run here in Iowa because we have a we have a democratic uh, we have a democratic congressperson who basically won her election uh in in uh, uh 2020 by 2 points to the Republican. So if a libertarian can step in and cover the spread, that might be kind of cool. Uh, but every, every other, uh, uh, congressperson from Iowa is a Republican already, but my district just happens to be the Democrat. Cause I live right outside of Des Moines where it's very blue mm. and we have crazy, you know, state, state reps here that want to take guns and stuff. And you're like, you realize you're in Iowa, right? 
What are you doing? Know your audience. <laughs> Never going to happen. Count the noses, no. lady. Count the noses. We we, we actually just po- uh, passed constitutional carry here, so that's oh, uh, nice. that's new for us. And uh, you know, the governor came out and and said she would use executive uh, action or legislative action to um, ban the the c word passports. And then uh, uh, she also just uh, I just realized that you did that earlier too for the v word, and I I didn't catch it at first, and now I okay. You're, you're gonna learn your YouTube stuff real quick, <laughs> bud. Don't worry. I know you're just you just started out that YouTube platform. I'm trying to mo- oh, I, I'm trying to stay monetized here, man. Okay, I got I Ryan that. I got Ryan Dawson coming on next uh, next month, so I'm pretty sure oh, okay. it's it's all that's the nuclear option at that point. Probably yep. all bets off then. But yeah, we'll um, we'll, we'll get the uh, SEO going right now for you. Okay? Yeah, exactly. We got I got yeah, I, I, the I, I, c words for the v words. No, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting together i'm putting together uh i heard i heard that you're trying to break into the uh to the uh ebook market as well uh i i hope that you asked tom woods i do hope i know i got i i i but hey i did do him a favor and by favor i mean it's tom woods i don't know if i really did him a favor i did (laughs) plug though his liberty ebook um and i think i actually plugged his his Ron Paul homeschool course back when I was having a conversation with Corey DeAngelis back episode 200, like beginning of January, I think it was. So he's from fee, right? DeAngelis. He was from fee. He he just got a new gig. I forget what the gig is, but I think it's all focused entirely on school choice from like getting it state by state. And he's having success. They just um, had the, uh, the PA. um, I think it was the Senate education committee just passed through the um the motion to bring it to the the floor here in pennsylvania so he's having success and and that's the point right when people can see the wins and they see the value of that win that's that's a real like thing that we can take away it's a tangible thing that we can say here you go we can give this to you and and spike does this a lot too spike uh mentions you know when somebody says they want universal health care here that they're not saying that they want free healthcare. What their concern is, is getting healthcare, getting quality healthcare, affordable healthcare. It's not on us to say you're, you're, you're a bad person. You're stupid for thinking you, you need to get that from the government. It's on us to show how we can help get that for them sure. through, through means without government, right? And actually showing how in many cases it's government being in the way. And Dan Berman, he's been going out and helping show how insane the insulin market is by bringing it from Mexico over the border to Texas and selling it at cost. And it ends up being like, what, a tenth of the price or something like that? And no, he's I don't helping... even think it's that. I think it's less than that. That's insane. Like, And he's helping people who are facing really a decision like, can I afford my insulin or can I afford groceries for the family? True. Right? And he's he's helping real people right now. You think that they're going to remember that? Oh, yeah. They're going to remember how it makes them feel? And they remember that his solution worked and the problem that he was showing. And they're going to think about that every time they go to get their insulin. And that's how you become top of mind as well. You focus on the issues they do care about and you become that trusted advisor and you show you care. Right. And and showing you care. That's the biggest thing, Josh. We actually have to show people we care. And when they see we care, then they'll care. Yeah. I talked a lot about that, uh, especially during my last run you know, the people that we're speaking to have very real fears and, yes. and worries and they, they have very real lives and, and they're, 
they're trying to do what they think is right. You know, we, 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 a lot of times as libertarians, we want to jump off the cuff and say, you're wrong, you're bad, you're evil, you're this. And it's like, I just want healthcare for my daughter. Like, you know, you asshole. Yeah. Or pay my bills. I'm sorry. Like food for my family. What? We have to be ready to address those very real concerns and very real fears as, as people who want a free society, we have to show them how a free society can give them those things better. And we have to be, we do, we do need to work on our compassion in the liberty movement. I understand that. Uh, there's some people who are never going to get my compassion just because of who, how they operate. Um, but there are there are normal normal everyday people that get up and go to work every day, nine to five, and raise a family, and uh, are worried about things. And we have to be ready to address those those fears. And that's our market. Yep. That's who we want to talk to. We and and honestly, and and I know I made the the used car salesman joke. I'm sorry, but like, no, don't be. The people of yesteryear. <laughs> Are, are the people of yesteryear. It's time to move forward, right? And and you think about this, any successful company, they they get they get kicked, they get knocked down, they get up, and they move forward. They don't look back. They, they learn, but they don't look back and dwell because as soon as you're looking back and dwelling, you're living in the past, and the other people around you that are still your competition, they're still moving forward. So it's on us to make sure that while we're going through these, you know, these growing pains, we're, we're going, hitting the bumps and bruises, right? We're constantly fi- focusing on what is our goal. Our goal, and I think we're starting to see this in the greater liberty uni- uh, unity world, our goal is liberty in our lifetimes. And I, we're, we're able to get this to actually happen if we can focus, if we can pay attention and work together, use our resources, combine efforts. I mean – I'm a sales guy. You have, you know, we have Top Lobster doing amazing graphic design. I have my man Chris doing awesome marketing. We got Jeremy doing sales. We have, I mean, we have so many awesome people in this movement that we can leverage, and the skill sets that we bring to the table. Let's go. We we can help these candidates win. We can help get liberty into people's purview right now. Make it top of mind issues. You're doing it on your show. I'm trying to do it on my show. We see people having amazing success across the board like Dave Smith, folks like Spike Cohen, folks like Tom Woods, folks like Chris Spangle, Mark Claire, down the, the, the list. These people that have been going out and building these networks and talking to people that candidly need to hear a different way of doing things, a different way of thinking, they're looking for options. And here's the reality. Your voice, Josh, it might not be perfect for everybody. And guess what? Mine might not be perfect for everybody either. And that's why a marketplace of libertarian podcasters who, while we don't all agree 100% of the time on 100% of the issues, we're all friends. I got your back. You got my back. I got Dave's back. Dave's got Spike's back. Spike's got Chris's back. Chris has got Mark's back. Vice versa, down the, the list, we have each other's back. And it's on us, I think, to move forward. If we want to see this thing grow, truly embrace the ideas of liberty, unity. Let's let's bond together and remember who we're trying to, to help here. We're trying to help your average person. We're trying to help your coworker. We're trying to help your mom and dad, your sister, your brother, your niece, your nephew, your aunt, your uncle. You're you're trying to help your friends, your your circle of influence, the people you care about. And it starts with us putting away our petty differences about things that happened in the past and focus on the things that are going to help us for the future. Sure, sure. Except that you know I'm never going to try to to unite with the people who have uh, you know, gone after my family and all that crazy. Oh, shit. no, 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 no. For for sure and and, and that's the thing. As long as you too, you guys know that. Good faith. It, it requires good faith. We have to have people who are good people. There's a quote in my my uh, company on the wall uh, that my CEO put around because he's big into inspirational quotes. But this one is is does stick out to me. I mentioned it earlier. Good people bring out the good in people. True. As we constantly 
surround ourselves as a movement with more and more good people, it will inevitably bring out the good in other people in all types of ways. So let's continue to focus on bringing in good people, raising up good people, and I think we'll inevitably bring out more good in people. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, definitely. You know, when I talk about being anti-unity, it's always that that caveat there. And I wish you got you unity guys luck, and I, I wish that you guys would. Uh, would always start off with a caveat. What we mean is <laughs> the good people, okay? Because uh, I think that some people get get worried about the unity language sometimes. Uh, just as people get get worried about the Mises Caucus takeover language, when it when in in actuality what they're saying is we're bringing reinforcements to to help drive the bus, not that we're going to come and kick you all out and yep. purge you and stuff like that. And then when the unity people are talking about, they're not saying you have to unify with people who are shitty people. You're unifying with the good people who need help and, and maybe have one or two differences of opinion. So I get it. And, let's, get and it. let's look what happened today yeah. with Amash, Spike, Dave Smith. I think that's easily three of the most prominent leading voices in the greater liberty movement. To see those three voices come together today I think that speaks to what we as a greater liberty movement should be coalescing around. And that's where, if you were to look at a bell curve, that's where the most libertarians live, is in probably the, the identification of those three individuals. And, and candidly, Josh, I would be enthusiastically surprised and happy to see any three of those gentlemen as either the presidential candidate or the vice presidential candidate, because I think we're at a point right now where we need to have phenomenal communicators of which I would say all three of those gentlemen would be able to do. Sure. Um, we need people who, who know how to have these conversations and, and not be afraid to, to have the understanding and confidence in the ideas, but also to know how to relate it to your average person. And I think we see across the board, both Justin, Dave, and Spike have phenomenal ability to communicate to your average person, um, and I think we would be we would be in such a great spot, and and we would be honestly we would be honored to have somebody of that caliber across the board, be it those, one of those three, leading our party in 2024. Because I think at the end of the day, if we want to actually make a difference, it's going to require us to put somebody at the top of the ticket who knows how to speak to your average person. Um, it's I mean honestly, it's done. We, the old GOP, you know, the old GOP, the old uh, retired uh, elected official, whatever it may be, that mentality, I think we're seeing slowly fizzle away. Um, and it, it's time. I, I was definitely, you know, the old mentality of, you know, looking at these people who had the, the cred, they had the resume. We can build the resume now. We have the means. Let's stop making the excuse. And I kind of I accepted and embraced that excuse for far too long. It's time for us to actually start to make the solutions. Um, you know, who I think it's Maj, right? Be the solutionaries that you you want to be out there in the world. So, yeah, man, we're doing it. We're we're building some stuff, and I think we're gonna see uh, some big changes coming very soon. Sure, absolutely. And I, I don't be surprised when you see me weasel my way into a Smith Smith twenty twenty ticket. Okay, I just want everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to weasel my way in there right now. I'm like Smith, come on, Dave. There's never been a Smith Smith ticket. Okay, this will be awesome. It'd be so much fun. It'd be easy. It'd be the, the easiest ever ticket for anybody to ever vote for because yeah. i think your last names are aren't they like the second most common names in america in the, in, i think in next the world? to jackson or something yeah it's pretty yeah and then there's like muhammad which is like the most common name in, in the world right right i learned that in super bad by the way yeah, thank you mclovin pretty wild. we did get one more super chat uh someone t someone taking some shots across the bow when attempting to sell liberty to a friend and family does brian have any advice for explaining why the national chair advocates for theft of property damn 
Oof. I don't. Oof. I, I would defer all those questions to the chair. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I've, I've actually declared myself the, uh, the official chairman of the LNC yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I did. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've even written my own bylaws and, and, uh, I told, I, I actually wrote this to the LNC list and I said, I know you guys will probably argue about it, but by the time you're, uh, you're done arguing my four year term will be over. So it won't matter anymore. But, uh, Ryan, I love you to death, man. I I think we need, I think we need 5,000 more Brian Nichols in this movement. Uh, we need people selling liberty liberty at every single level across the country. This is the way we're going to win. Sir, where can all these wonder pe- wonderful people find you at? Well, thank you, my friend. Uh, appreciate the kind of words. Appreciate the work you're doing. Um, and, and definitely happy to see the success you're having. Um, so where can folks find me? A uh, couple places. Number one, find me, briannicholshow.com. Uh, you can go ahead and leave me a quick review if you enjoyed the program. Uh, you can go ahead and check out all 266 67 shows we have now um which no wonder i'm so tired uh, and then for where you can find me on social media i'm pretty much on twitter and facebook though i do have a parlor and a minds that i don't use as much i know i'm sorry uh, but you can follow me over there at b nichols liberty uh twitter and facebook like i said uh and yeah i just broke the 10k mark so that was pretty cool uh yeah that was exciting i, I don't know why that like it struck me i was going through one day and i was like oh when did that happen? So I guess I'm in the club now. Just we gotta get the blue check marks. No, no. Does that make us real people? I don't even want my blue check mark. I'm at no. war with the blue check marks. There's only there's very <laughs> few blue check marks that are great. Like, you know, people like Michael Malice. I love I love Michael Malice. I'm sure he watches every one of my shows. So if you're watching right now, Michael, I love you. Uh but no, I, I just got your reader too. And where is it? I think. Oh, it's downstairs in my bag. Yeah, I bring it to the office and I read it on my lunch break. Nice. Halfway nice. through. Not Dear Reader. I'm sorry. Um, the Anarchist one. Handbook. A- Anarchist Handbook. Yeah, I, I read Dear Re- Reader last year. Not to be confused with the cookbook that I think is banned Not in like seven cookbook. states. Yeah, yeah. Not the cookbook. Well, Anarchist. shoot, man. I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to having you back on in the future. I'm, I hope for nothing but success for you. You guys, go follow this man on YouTube. He's doing a wonderful show. He's no longer just the voice. He's also the face now. Brian Nichols, thank you again, sir. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, another awesome episode of Break the Cycle in the books. Man, I love that guy. Go follow Brian. Listen to what he has to say. It's very important. It's a different side than we're used to. I know I know a lot of uh, my my faction in the party can sometimes be pretty edgelordy and extremely bold, and, and I think that's got its usefulness. Brian's selling a, another way. He's selling the, the uh, compassionate way, the meeting people where they are way, and it's something that's needed for a lot of normies that we, people like us, are never going to reach, so... Definitely check him out, listen to what he has to say, and uh, let's make some liberties win. But anyways, make sure you guys check out my sponsors, Lorenzotti.coffee, for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. TopLobster.com, the man with the graphic plan, my partner on the show, Break the Cycle, where you get this wonderful, it didn't have to be this way, Ron Paul hoodie. And also, guys, where is it? Is it this side? Have you guys seen this? I've been showing this, this in like every episode. We have custom Break the Cycle pillows. You can bring a piece of the Couch Dreams home to your house. What I want you guys to do is go and order this pillow. I want you to order this pillow and take a picture with it and send it in to Break the Cycle. I will feature a new pillow member on every single episode if you guys do that. Uh, Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And, of course, AnthemPlanning.com, executive producers of the show, wonderful people. Check them out for all of your uh, emergency and crisis planning needs coming up on the show. Do I have it in here? I do. Uh, Friday, I'm going to have my buddy Josh Cybulski from the Great White North on. 
Uh, he wrote a great book called Second Story Work that I have been reading at work. Uh, it's pretty awesome, man. It's it's actually really well done, and uh, I'm very excited to have a talk with him about that. Like I said, I'm sure we're going to be talking about uh, hockey because he's from Canada, and I don't know what else they do up there. Hockey and beer, I think. It's going to be awesome. Uh, guys, check out the Patreon. Help support the show, man. Uh, I, I'm I'm doing five shows a week next month. It's going to be insane. I got great people like uh, Ryan Dawson, Tom Woods, Jeff Deist. It's gonna be it's gonna be very wild. So uh, please help support the show. Let me make this bigger than it is. Uh, check out patreon.com backslash break the cycle js. If you hate Patreon, I understand. You can check out subscribestar.com backslash break the cycle, or you can now join right here as a member of the YouTube channel. Since it's monetized, just hit that join link at the bottom. You will get awesome top lobster badges, uh, customly made for people depending on how long they've been members of the page. And, uh, Coming soon, there'll be some Top Lobster custom emojis that you can use in the chat. So for all you guys who are constantly doing these fire chats, these live chats for all these shows, be a part of that. It's going to be awesome. But anyways, I will see you guys on Friday for the show with Josh Cybulski. I look forward to it. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. have to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the person of frame but i just spent it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent it in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just meant it in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless there's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it Don't try to get us, cause